0: This week on EDC Unlocked, co-founder of Nomad, Noah Dentsel, He tells us why Nomad will never run out of product ideas. At
1: first it used to be like, what's our next thing going to be? And now the product list of things we could make is far longer than what we have time and energy and resources to do. Why they love brand collabs. You look at these brands that you're excited about, inspired by, and then it's like, wait, We get to connect with them and work with them and our teams get to collaborate and we get to do this thing together. And why community is everything to them. To say community is important to us would be an understatement because
0: Nomad is community. Our customers made us possible. Hey guys, we came up with the idea for EDC Unlocked because we felt there wasn't anything out there that gave the EDC community the opportunity to hear the stories behind big names and brands in the space, whilst also giving them the chance to ask the questions that they've always wanted to ask. For now, this is a limited mini-series, but if you guys want more, then we would love to come back with another series. And so if you do genuinely like the show, then please follow, subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a short review. This 20 seconds of your time really makes such a huge difference and we'd really appreciate it. Okay, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to EDC Unlocked. And today I'm really excited to have on the show, co-founder and CEO of Nomad Goods, Noah Denzel. And I just really got to apologize to, to Noah and to, well, not to everyone else, but I didn't tell Noah that it was a video interview today. And so uh, I've just kind of ambushed him at the last minute and told him that it's a video recording so I'm so sorry mate I really appreciate you being a good sport and and doing it anyway yeah I
1: feel happy to be here yeah I'm a little bit in the raw right now after a long day uh unshaven and all that good stuff but I guess I guess this way we get a real read on the situation here today
0: (laughs) well for the record I think you look great I mean if anything if you're unshaven then is I think I definitely need a shave but I I just want to say before we get into it it's really cool from from my perspective and I know Ian my my co-founder and business partner to have on a brand that we have personally bought from and we actually knew about you guys before we started home and hadfield and you guys in so many ways inspire the way in which we run our brand like the your attention to detail focus on kind of like more of the premium end and like your general branding is just, yeah, it's something we talk about quite a lot. So for for me personally, and I know Ian, when he's watching this, it's just super cool to have you on and to share your story. So yeah, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I have to say it's pretty inspiring to hear someone else say that like what we're doing is inspiring. So that's a nice kind of You know, it's it's a nice little energy boost to because, you know, we've all on big mission. We started 11 years ago and we're going strong today. So uh, it's kind of cool to be in this stage of the journey where like, I mean, sometimes we see copycat brands and products and it can be kind of annoying when it's like they've clearly copied like our logo directly or the product range directly. But it's really cool to see inspiration. And there's so much inspiration that I and we have taken from all over companies and people and brands and the environment and so many different things. So it's it's kind of cool to think that we are maybe even having some inspiration to others. Like I I don't I don't think about that. I'm so busy in the weeds, but it's so so that's definitely cool to hear.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And we I, I think when you're in the weeds and in the trenches every day, maybe you don't realize what you're what you're doing is as big as what you're doing. So yeah, I'm glad we acknowledged that at the beginning. Um, so as always, I'm going to be a bit selfish. I'm going to ask my questions to begin with, and then we'll get round to the uh, audience questions. Just, so I'm, I'm intrigued to, you know, you mentioned 11 years. That's not a short period of time to be doing the same thing like consistently. So could you take us back before you and your co-founder, Brian, started the brand? Like, what was life like before then? Like how did you guys meet? You know, what were you doing before then and how did you actually come to start the brand? So um yeah, great great question. Uh so it's about 11 and a half years ago
1: that we kind of got rolling on this. I had been living in Spain in 2010 and 2011 and that was where the initial idea formed of having a hyper portable cable that you could always have on you looked around, there weren't that many good options at all. Actually, I was surprised. And looking on Alibaba and this and that, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I was also excited to this idea of of building something, of building a product. You know, when I was a little kid, I remember calling up one of those dumb invention lines you see on TV, like, "Have an invention? And then of course, learning that it's actually quite difficult to really have some novel innovation, especially when you're 13, though, totally possible. But this idea was so, so it's like, okay, wait, I'm not seeing this out there. And, uh, also had come across Kickstarter. I loved the crowd and crowdfunding. I had been a couch surfer. I had couch surfed in Iceland in Denmark and in, in a few different places and had just this idea of the, the internet opening up, connecting people together in a way that might be different than the traditional economic exchange was very interesting to me. And I remember seeing this clock this article on this clock on TechCrunch and it was a clock that spun around the dial in a whole year. And it was like a perspective on time. It was this beautiful project. And I was just like, that's so cool. And, uh, I like realizing that this is a way because how how do you build a product? You know, you need money and you need to like do tooling and you need to do all these things. And maybe it costs 50, 100, 150, $250,000. You don't have that as a 23 year old. And so I actually was. Uh, not a proper immigrant when I was over in Spain. And so I got a an interdiction of entry. Fortunately, I unintentionally reentered the country before the one-year ban went into place in the Schengen area. So I knew the whole time that I was over there that I was going to have to leave eventually. When I left, I wasn't going to be able to go right back. And that was a good thing because I kind of wanted to move on to my next thing anyways. So armed with this idea, and it was really little more than an idea and some idea of a platform, I came back here on my birthday, eleven years ago. My sister introduced me to a friend of hers, Brian Hahn, who remains and is my co-founder, chief operating officer, head of product, just partner in this all. Well, eleven and a half years later, and uh, you know it's funny because the people who know me know I'm not much of a surfer, though so I am learning a new surfing sport called wing surfing, which is cool, but we surfed together on that day on my birthday and I caught a wave and, and little did I know that the real wave I was catching was finding this incredible guy who was down to help bring this product into reality. And I was living at my grandma's house at the time here in Santa Barbara, living in her basement. Brian was living on a funky old boat. He was kind of fixing up in the harbor. And, uh, we were just, you know, ramshackling, you know, nomadic, you know, just, just getting by in every which way. And, we came together and we would meet up at the coffee shop at like seven in the morning every day this one week and we started working together. And on like day three or four, we were both looking at each other. We're like, we don't need to be doing this at seven anymore, right? We're like, yeah, let's meet up tomorrow at like 10 because <laughs> we were we were making sure we're a good fit. Are we committed to this? Are we committed to this idea? So that was 11 and a half years ago and you know, Kickstarter got going a few months later, spun it into the Ecom on Shopify first product was was Charge Card, a USB cable size and shape, cut a card that fits in your wallet. And then you know, now we're making and then we launched the charge key, which was our second product, more on that later. And at first it used to be like, what's our next thing gonna be? And now the product list of things we could make is far longer than what we have time and energy and resources to do. So there's just there were and they come from all over. They come from within, they come from. A late night drinking too much wine like back in the day or they come from a customer submission or out of a a conversation with with someone you're sitting next to on an airplane and identifying a need and a pattern and trend and you know we're looking to build tools for the modern nomad and so this what is a tool in this modern era it's constantly you know constantly evolving as our with technology so so that's where we are today there's the that's the short answer
0: Wow, you did a great job of uh of summing that all up in a, a relatively short period of time. I would not have been able to do that, and our, our story is nowhere near as long. Um, it's really interesting that you said that. Um, at the beginning, you were like, "Oh, what are we going to do next?" And now the you know the list is just endless almost. And uh, we were talking about that the other day. It's really interesting. You're kind of scrambling around for ideas in the beginning, and then as the momentum starts building, you just get more and more ideas, and then it just becomes more and more frustrating. You can't do everything. Um, in the beginning when you started, did you think that this was going to be, did you have a vision for it? Was it like, this is going to be what you've ended up doing or was it just like, we just want to start something cool. I don't want to go and work in an office. I don't want to work for someone else. And then it just evolved.
1: Yeah, it was, um, I, the, the best way that I can kind of describe it. I, I am known for doing a lot of like metaphors and analogies and stuff. Um, so, so sorry, I like it on here, but, um, I think that it's almost like an exploration where there was like a vision. It's almost like a treasure map. Like this is charge card. We need to figure out how to get there linked up with Brian and and my sister actually became like the first additional team member. I should note there was a third team member as well, who was critical early on in the journey, Adam, but he was more signed up for the initial project on doing that charge card and kind of peeled off as we kept on moving forward with the longer journey of, no, it's not just about one product. It's the second product, and the third product, and the hundredth product. So no, no, uh, no bad blood there. But um, we, we carried forward on this exploration and it's kind of like, OK, well, once we get to that island, then we can see what the next island is we get to and what the next peak that we need to climb. And so we were really committed to pushing forward through whatever came and we were excited for that. And, you know, building building a fortress, building a a company and a brand and a team and a customer base and a bunch of incredible products along the way. But we were sort of excited for that adventure. And um we don't know exactly what it's going to be. In fact, had we known more about all the challenges, who knows if we would have even really signed up for it. There were some big challenges. And I don't doubt that, you know, had the great explorers of yesteryear um knowing what they were signing up for some of them may have may have not hopped on those ships either you know
0: um you guys have seemed to well not seemed you have uh got quite an obsessed community who are really bought into like emotionally bought into your brand i would say you know i've definitely bought your your products but ian my business partner i would say he's one he's definitely one of those like he is emotionally bought into the brand. And in fact, when you guys did the collab with Orbit Key, he was like two brands that I'm like obsessed with. they like, that's amazing. I have to go for that. How it was that a conscious decision from the beginning that you wanted to invest in community, invest in having yeah, in, in having that close knit community that we're kind of would just be waiting for that next product release? So we, you know, obviously look up to well so
1: there's a, there's a, couple things to, to go through there. We, in terms of the partnerships and looking at, you know, other brands and stuff, we love and look up to and have taken inspiration from really cool companies that have been around and established for a long time, as well as newer ones, you know, like, like, like Orbit Key. And, uh, I have this little guy right here. It's my keychain. Um, and I have our, ri- like, original charge key that fits right in there. And I have our tracker on that. Um, so it's really, so cool to get to a stage where in partnerships have always actually been, been part of our, our program. And in some ways, though, though it's unofficial, you know, we're partnered with Apple. We build products for them. We're, we're an accessory. It's a symbiotic relationship. We, we build for, for their flagship devices, Apple, Android, other things as well. But it's really cool to you know, connect with other brands like OrbiKey. We were the first, uh, portable cable solution for pebble if you remember the pebble watch it was so cool launched on kickstarter did like 10 million dollars it was the coolest thing ever and i i wish that they had that they were still around but we you know we made a product for that It was it's really cool to connect with other crowdfunded companies because there's always a special dna there and synergy with, with, with how we connect and it's honestly it's it's a real compliment and it's it's just a real special uh uh what's the word i'm looking for privilege to to do this, because you look at these brands that you're excited, about, inspired by, and then it's like, wait, we get to connect with them and work with them and our teams get to collaborate and we get to do this thing together. So it's a really special thing. It's often more work and more challenging, but it's rewarding. You learn and you you learn a lot and you get to build cool products together. And it's kind of fun to figure out the business terms. It's like, wait do we pay you or like are you paying us or like we're both paying or what if things go really well or what if they don't go well and and usually we do these with good companies and there's there's mutual interest and so there's there's a lot of a lot of learning something else you mentioned i want to touch on is the community aspect we got we launched on kickstarter so to say community is important to us would be an understatement because nomad is community like we are our customers made us possible and after kickstarter all of the other initial customers they were they were doing the same thing they were bringing this into creation they were customers that that brought us into existence and it was through them that we came into existence and we, we had the cart in front of the horse we had all these orders we had to deliver we went over to you know we started manufacturing original in california not the best place to make consumer electronics we learned we went we got our butts over to china we started manufacturing there we uh you know we were always trying to play catch up and we'd be four weeks delayed on shipping three weeks delayed on shipping and i remember when we finally caught up and we were fully caught up we you know probably cracked a beer open or something to celebrate it's like wow we're actually shipping the products now that we're making so the kickstarter thing went on for for quite a while and i we see comments i just think i just saw a comment the other day on twitter from a from a kickstarter customer and like we our customers are so near near and dear and we listen to them they give us ideas and like they they made us come into existence and i know that sounds like such corporate speak that you see in these like fortune 500 companies and it's like it's true like this is a kickstarter company and they're amazing like i i love connecting with our customers i our head of support works out works out of here in santa barbara i was just chatting with her earlier today and sometimes they can have issues that are problems for us to deal with. And that's not always the most fun thing, but we're grateful to everything we learn and 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 improve on. And like we're we exist because of them. So we look at them as well as partners because like they they submit really good ideas and they or they submit problems in our products that we need to improve. And I always say we need to test our products as much as possible because if we don't find the problem, we can be sure our customers will. And so they they hold us accountable and they make us a better company and build better products and that's what we're trying to do is build the best products we can.
0: I couldn't agree more with everything you said around community, as uh, is kind of like a bit of a different story of how we've kind of like, yeah, we've cultivated our community. But yeah, I was really keen to ask you about that because um, it's something we focus on a lot and take inspiration from from you guys and similar brands. Um, at what point did you realize that this was going to be like, a, well, I don't know, maybe you always thought it was going to be big, but was there a point in the kind of first few years when you were like, okay, this is something a bit special?
1: Yeah, that is, you know, we really believed, we were excited. Um, if you saw us, we went to the first CES show that, well, the first CES show that we went to was in 2013. Uh, we launched on Kickstarter in 2012. So it was, you know, six or seven months later. And we were beaming like we, you know, we looked or we thought we had like cured cancer or something. We were, we were just ecstatic. And here we are, you know, a couple of guys with a portable USB cable. In fact, we had um, only a handful of units that even worked at that time, but we, we believed in what we were doing. We were on a mission. And I think it's really valuable to, to believe in what you're doing and to be on a mission because these, you know, and I know you know this well from your own journey and your own work and you know, and holding Hadfield and building products and what you guys are doing. And, and it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges along the way. So, so believing, and I used to say like, get drunk on your idea. And I, and I mean that in, t- in two ways, though, I don't want to endorse drinking. Like sometimes, you know, having a few too many drinks, you can get deeply into it and get deep in there and have some late night ideas, write those ideas down. So you remember them in the morning, but really get drunk in what you're doing, get deeply embedded in it, in the what are you doing and why and the the materials and like what's the problem you're solving and we're creating portable powers and protecting your phone apple watch man we stayed up late talking about apple watch before they even announced apple watch and we were ready with products before they were even shipping we were there because we believed in it we talked about the apple watch as you know the, the the history of the telecoms going from from you know logging towers to grandfather clocks to the phone to on your wrist and we're going to be there to empower that to to build these tools for the modern nomad. We were drunk on these ideas and that gives you a little bit of the the sort of energy that you need to go out there and build something that doesn't exist. A lot of times when you're doing something new people are telling you that's a stupid idea. I don't five reasons why Apple Watch will be a failure. I remember all the articles like that And in order to build something that's successful, you often have to take almost this contrarian standpoint and this, this alternative view and believe in something that's not there yet and go uphill against a lot of grain. So one of the best ways to do that is to be kind of, you know, so drunk on your idea and and good drunk in the sense of, you know, you need to have a theory and a story that you can believe in and that that you can move forward. And if you're making good moves and listening to feedback and getting that early customer base that's. Kind of aligned with you, and they're slowly building. Then that helps generate the positive energy, so you can march forward together with their support and build those products and, and, and build the company.
0: Yeah, no, to- totally. Um, yeah, and I think you uh, you have to have those those wins along the way that can maybe get you over those points that you've been discouraged. Because um, something I wanted to ask you about because you're building, you know, you mentioned you're an unofficial partner for Apple. Apple are known to change their the sizes of things change like the the specifications of things like quite regularly. How do you, you deal with that? Like that must be super frustrating because you don't have a I assume you don't have a direct line into them. And so one day you're just suddenly like, "Oh my god, we've got I mean, d- does this happen? You've suddenly just got all these almost unsellable or devalued products because you've made it for a specific, you know, dimension or whatever and then Apple have just kind of flipped the script.
1: Yeah, people, people always ask this question. And um, of course, I love responding. Oh, how do we know? Well, you know, we get the memo from headquarters every day. (laughs) Um, And uh, of course, we're tuned into the rumor mill, just like everybody else, or perhaps a bit more than everybody else. And that having an antenna for that is really, really tricky. Because it's like, when you're on the front edge of something, it's foggy. It's not totally clear. Hey, what's Apple doing next? It's like, not totally sure. Like this is what I kind of think, you know, but you need to make big moves. Okay. Let's navigate to the right. Let's navigate to the left, you know, full steam ahead because you can't wait for something to be obvious to then go doing, especially if you're trying to be on the front edge, maybe developing new accessories or staying in line and, you know, building things that are, you know, being on the, on that front edge. So we are attuned to, to these things and on certain aspects, certain dimensions, you know, there's always, You know, there's stuff, you know, information or rumors or speculation floating around. And we generally are are pretty good about being on top of it, but not always. I remember a few years ago going, going into the Apple store with a bunch of our cases that we had just made in September ready for launch and trying them all on in the store and testing. And I think one of our models out of the 18 distinct units, right, different sizes for the different phones one of them actually didn't work and i was thinking to myself, "phew, only one out of 18, you know, yeah, that's several thousand units or or whatever it is there, but it could could have been a lot worse." So, it's not like it always works out totally totally perfectly, but we're we're pretty good. And um then in terms of you know, taking one further step back in terms of like thinking about, okay, what's next? You know, these things in retrospect they look obvious. So, obviously Apple Watch is going to kill it, but i mean, we were we were believing in that from before uh we actually wanted to do something for smart watches before apple watch was launched because so if you're driven by something like we believe in this space then we're ready for it we're not going to second guess ourselves when we see the you know Forbes article of 10 reasons why apple watch will fail because we we already know what we are set on and then that that gives us some direction to act early and decisively, which is what you need to do when, when things are early, because there is a lack of, of full information or clarity.
0: Totally. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine planning on all of that. But uh, I guess you guys are pros at it now. So it's part for the course with what you guys do. Um, I'm always really interested when people are, well, actually interested on the solo entrepreneurs, and then the guys who are, you know, co-founders. Uh, having a co-founder myself, there's a lot of emotional support that I get from him. And we often say to each other that we just could not imagine doing this on our own just because of, I think that is mainly it really. And then having the conviction behind your own decision, it's really nice just to be able to say, do you think this is the right decision as well? And because you're making like a big, a few big calls, could you ever see you like looking back on this? Could you have ever done this on your own or is it you know, only where you're at today because there's two of you with like complementary experience and personalities. It's, it's well, it's fun connecting with you, given that you've got a, a strong co-founder relationship
1: there. Cause you know, there are, there are different types of companies and you know, every company has a different story and a different journey. There are, I guess, different, different dynamics. And uh Brian, I've chatted about this before and like, you know, where I came to, it, it's like, we, we, we both would have gone on to do something. Brian, Maybe would have gone. I know he was interested in going to, to grad school. He actually had a background in film and had made some cool films at a really young age. You know, he was doing cool stuff. Where would that have taken him had we not bumped into each other? And, uh, you know, I was very determined on this charge card project, but like, I mean, I fully recognize that I, you know, I'm someone who I, I think I work best with other people. So like I, you know, and like I mentioned, there was another guy at the time who helped get things going as well, but wasn't didn't quite have that long-term stamina because it's a huge thing in your life. It's a full-on takeover. And and that's something to recognize. And so uh maybe I would have, you know, kept on trying, find someone else, or maybe it would have gone a different direction and then and then charge card maybe, you know, didn't develop into everything that it's developed into. So it's always one of those things in life where, you know, I wonder, what would have happened and what would i go back and it's like despite all the challenges that we've had despite the the s- insane amount of stress and tension during really difficult times you know difficult times really cause a lot of strain and stress on a relation when you're you know you're all invested in and 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 you don't have a lot to show for this and you're you're not doing well you know mentally physically socially whatever i mean tough times are tough and you know but when i think of all of that despite all of that like i'm so stoked with what we've been able to accomplish together. And of course, I need to bring in the incredible team that we've built that has all been part of this to make make this possible. But like just from you know, and from the co-founder side, like, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back because I'm so stoked with where we are. And and, and you know, not only that, I'd say we, we still have a lot to do. So we're not uh, we haven't kind of completed completed the journey, but we've got uh, you know, more experience under our belts now. So we kind of know more we do have a little bit more clarity it's almost like we have better instruments to navigate that fog and we have a better ship to weather the rough seas and we have a better you know team to help do this all in better ways i mean we have these team members now we have that are so incredible with content creation with customer relations and managing international customer relations team with engineers i mean you know brian was always the sort of the kind of you know homemade engineer when we were early on building these products but you know he's not an engineer he was hacking it together and giving instructions to factories and stuff and we were pulling a lot of stuff out of thin air so it's incredible what the resources that we have now to kind of add this this next stage of the company.
0: Awesome and um, do, do you I feel like for a brand to get to the, the size that you're at you need to have like a healthy relationship with risk i i would assume uh because that's kind of something that we're always uh not battling with just like we we've taken some pretty big risks but backed by sound decision you know sound reason because of of what is behind it but still sometimes can just be really difficult in that moment when you're you know doing what you're doing you're about to put huge amount of money behind a purchase order for a new product but you know you're super confident with it would you say that you've had to have there been any times where you've had to where you've thought wow you know we're really having to back ourselves here this isn't something I feel like incredibly comfortable with but I believe in it so much but and I want to like push forward and I I asked that question mainly because yeah I feel like hearing these kind of stories give us more inspiration to do more of the same and be brave and be bold. Is that something you've had to do a lot of over the 11 year period? Yeah.
1: Risk is a really interesting, uh, interesting thing because when we look back, I mean, we, on so many occasions put it all on the line and, you know, i I'd only like using the word betting because I like to think that, risk is more calculated and something that you believe in and that you recognize but there are times where it's almost like you're you're almost like you're betting maybe maybe it is betting you want to put the odds in your favor okay i i believe this is a this is a a good you know strategic bet there's this incredible book about the, the power of the power of betting and the main point really resonates there but there's there's there is a lot of risk involved. Like you put yourself on the line and you put everything that you have on the line and you put your reputation on the line and everything you know and everyone you know and everyone in your family and all your friends and of course the people you bring on board. And so that creates a lot of stress. So the funny thing is, is that so much risk is involved that you're sort of like, How do I de-risk? Like, how do we build stability? How do we, how do we get out of the risk mess and how do we these crazy people that wanted to jump in the deep end of all these things how do we like be more almost boring and almost boring and safer like all about all about safety now and in terms of uh but but what's interesting is that by doing that by building some stability and some safety and some processes and you know this this customer base and more more ability to sort of create and define our destiny rather than like betting it big and being at the whims of how some certain launch goes that actually allows us to unleash our potential and be our best selves if we can build a strong mothership a strong sort of base camp of operations we can then actually go out and build really cool products that we believe in and take all new categories and do some bold moves and things that we believe in it actually allows us to kind of take more risks so so in recent years we've really been trying to build that that kind of stability so we can be our kind of organic company company self so yeah it's a really interesting thing where we you kind of in a way you're trying to like (laughs) de-risk
0: yeah no no totally uh i think yeah as i said like having that healthy balance between the two which is something we're always trying to strike um in in terms of I think I, I need to get onto the, uh, I could ask you questions all day about about your story, but I'm conscious that, you know, everyone else has got a lot of questions. But just for you, like, what's the vision for you guys, like for the next five years, or maybe you have a longer vision than that? Um, what would you say that is? Well, yeah, a longer vision than five years is, is a
1: tough one. I mean, I will, yeah. I wouldn't say, you know, I would love to, for Nomad to continue to exist as a company for good in the world that builds great products and has a bigger purpose than that, that's using great materials on the front edge, that's solving problems, giving people utility in their life. You know, we we say we build tools for the modern Nomad. And as the, you know, all the advancements and everything going on, how, how will lifestyles change in five or 10 years? And I hope we can be a relevant part of people's lives, of their desk setup, of their hybrid workspace, of their everyday carry. Of keeping them protected and charged on the go so in terms of like more immediate plans we are we have a lot of products in the roadmap a lot of good stuff we have you know refined updates and upgrades to existing categories as well as new new products altogether. there's a huge change some huge changes going on right now every once in a while in our space we'll see some big changes um when we first started apple the iphone was on the 30 pin and now it's, then it went to lightning of course So now there's Qi two is coming onto the space, so there's a whole opportunity in in portable power and in all the different aspects of that, and in in charging stands and mounts and all these things. So we 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 love these when things change like this because it's fun and exciting to be on that front edge. Of course, it's a little bit tricky and challenging. And you know, what about all the old stuff? And people always like, dude, does it suck? Do you have to like change when Apple changes? It's like, yeah, we we do, but that's kind of. That's kind of the game we're in. So, um, that's exciting. So, we have, we have a lot, we have a lot of stuff in the works and the iPhone's going to USB C. And sometimes people ask us, like, are you going to make something for Android? I'm like, we've been making one of the best cables for Android for like seven, like eight years or nine years. We were one of the first, if not the first, to do a four in one cable that was USB C to C with an A on one end and a micro on the other. And, you know, we're not partial to iPhone, though most of our customers are iPhone customers. So Apple going USB-C is, is really interesting. So there's some interesting stuff going on and it's, and it's a, it's a really exciting time in the world of product development. And I'm particularly excited about, you know, 2024 and, and beyond. We have a ton of great stuff this year, but with some of these updates that are happening, it's allowing us to, to build out that kind of near term roadmap.
0: It's, it's really difficult to live in the moment when you're an entrepreneur, isn't it? Because, you know, even now, you know, we're, we're in May and you're, you're like, you're already thinking about 2024, you know, I was speaking to Ian, my co-founder of the day we were talking about 2025 and it's like, <laughs> it's difficult to enjoy what's going on right now because you're just so excited about what's coming um i'll jump into the the questions from our audience and actually i just i'll touch upon it because you just mentioned it then quite a few people asked about android goods and you know make stuff for like samsung but you've already you've just said it right so you you already do produce goods on the android side is that something you want to do more of or is it yeah maybe if you could maybe give a little bit more detail on that
1: you know the original product the charge card was actually kind of conceived of in the era of blackberry where blackberry had, had the majority of the market share and as we all know iphone took over pretty quickly there i don't see iphone being dethroned anytime soon it's an incredible it's an incredible phone and it's it's really powerful and there's there some great android devices out there but uh as well and we we are actually close uh we were part of the MFG Made for Google program, and we, um, you know, the, the Google Pixel is is a super badass phone, incredible camera, and so we're excited to build for Android and excited for the challenge. Sometimes they might allow like higher wattage chargers or this or that. So, so there's yeah. it pushes us on certain boundaries or beyond certain boundaries, and that's exciting. We often don't do cases or we do almost no cases for Androids though we have before. And we certainly couldn't again. And, uh, it kind of depends on what our market is and where the market is. Cases are tricky because they, they generally only last for one generation of the phone. And it's like all the sales happen at one quick period. And then, and then inventory becomes old. So we're a little bit more excited on the charging aspect and there's, yeah, there's a really cool, uh, the, the pixel watch, maybe there's some opportunity there. It also depends on what, what is allowed to accessorize. And, and some of those things are still evolving. Um, I'm wearing an aura ring right now. And uh, me too. the product oh, team is going to get mad at me. Oh, there we go. The product team is going to get mad at yeah. me for their the out their ideas out there. But I'm just like, this thing's incredible. I'm blows my mind. And I'm like, you know what though? It sucks to charge. And every time I am on a little, extended weekend trip or something my Ring died what was my sleep score you know so I'm thinking like is this something we should be building for but there's just a lot of potential out there and we want to make sure we're building stuff that's relevant and Android is highly relevant we build incredible cables we were like one of the first cables to be I can't remember if we were the first one over like it's 130 watts but we we've done some really badass stuff with Android even though it's a much smaller part of our program than iPhone.
0: So it's just so just you mentioned aura i I noticed it on your your hand and I was like i'm gonna I'm gonna ask about that after we stop recording. I'm like the least observant person ever. I'll come home, and my girlfriend might have dyed her hair black uh she's blonde, and uh I just won't realize, but if someone's wearing an aura ring for some reason I, I I clock it um i'm like I think I'm like a little bit getting to the point where I'm a little bit too obsessed with it, like like what my sleep score is. It's the first thing I check every single morning. that's amazing. I'll tell you from the side of, uh, and I know, I know you guys are building products too.
1: So, but like from from that side of things, it's like it's really impressive. It, it almost sounded like like bullshit. Like, is this really, really going to be able to do all these things? And I'm uh, so impressed by the product. So it's cool, yeah. and I love and I love seeing things again that that are. We see well done. It's, it's, okay, how can we be better? How can we make something smaller or thinner or stronger up to something that can withhold more harsh environments and all these different things? So so these are things that help us become better ourselves.
0: For sure. Hey, Phil here, co-founder of Home and Hadfield. Just interrupting the episode to let you know about something truly special to us. Community is a huge part of everything we do. And so we've created a Facebook group where we share our newest ideas and get feedback from you our customers to make sure we're developing products they actually want to see. In return, we give away free products regularly. We're probably giving away a free product right now and huge discounts of up to 35% on all product launches. Whilst this began as something fairly simple, it's grown into an amazing community of like-minded people. And so if this sounds like something you could be interested in, I've left the link to the group below in the description. So come join us. It's free and you never know, you might enjoy yourself. Okay, back to what you came here for, the episode. So what inspired you, this is a great question, what inspired you to create luxury goods in a relatively utilitarian function over form market uh, besides the gap in the market, obviously?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is a really great question. And I was having a little conversation with someone from, got on a product team earlier today about this. And it's like, uh, we don't really think of ourselves as a luxury brand we're building tools for the modern nomad and in in doing so you think about maybe a more uh you know the nomads in human history right they're on the go they're going to own very few things and the things that they own are going to be very well made right they, they can't be carrying around a bunch of ex, extra junk with them and so you know you're setting up camp you're moving forward so the things that you own are going to be very well made now what that means is. You're gonna have you know the best sword possible. And if you come across a better one, you might upgrade from your previous one and, and and now yeah, you have that better one. So, in some way, almost everything that you own is the best that you have found and come across and been able to acquire, right? So, you know, in the modern the modern nomad, this is their sword, and um this is the tool that they use for so many aspects of their life. It's funny, it's called a, an iPhone, but often Using it as a phone is one of the last things we do with it, and it just has so many different functions. And so we're built using best-in-class materials to meet the purpose of the of the design. We're we're um we're, we're we do all these different things to build the best product possible. In so doing, I guess it kind of be, can become kind of a luxury product in that regard. But we're not trying to to go oh, we're trying to make this this luxury product so much as we're trying to build the Best product, and through doing that, I guess you know there ends up being this aspect of like I, you know, it 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 falls into that. There's aspects that fall make it fall into luxury, but to me, like luxury is is something that's really well made and and really portable or a portable cable that's there with you when you need it and out of your way when you don't. The luxury is that convenience, and so we're trying to build things that are ultra compact and portable and integrated in your everyday carry. You know, we we change our socks and our in our underwear every day, but we have the same case on our phone and on our AirPods and and all these things that we carry with us every single day. So if you carry these things with you on your person in this life journey, you carry these five or six things every single day. Well, they better be protected with a well-made case or, you know, you better have a strong, why do we use Kevlar on our cable? We're trying to build a rugged cable. You can walk your dog with that, you know, with that cable as a leash. So If you're going to be carrying these things with you every day, we want them to be truly well-made. And these are sort of product aspects that I guess then start to overlap in luxury, but almost by happenstance
0: of our product pursuit. Yeah, uh, totally. Well, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're making products that you personally would want to use and therefore you've got a high standard for that. And to do that, you have to, it costs a lot more money to make that quality that you produce and therefore it just costs more to the end customer but they're happy to pay it because they know what they're going to get and they get it consistently every time uh, would you say that's accurate
1: yeah i mean you, you look at the I, I try to think about products that are maybe even almost on our fringes because we've we've expanded our range a lot you know we used to just be cables and, and then you know apple watch and portable power and all these different things we make a we make a pen a titanium pen and, you know, it's, it's CNC out of a solid piece of titanium. It's, it's like, it's re- really expensive to make and it's kind of a costly pen. But when you look at all the aspects and the qualities of it, it, it's like, and I use that, uh, using that example just because it's kind of this uh, extreme thing of that we, we make this titanium pen. But when you look at the, the qualities and the craftsmanship, you know, it's expensive to make. And, uh, if we could, You know, we're we're just we're building the best products and we can in the best ways that we can. And then, of course, you know, plastics are are obviously plastics are really incredible, interesting material as well. I'm really actually excited about bioplastics and where things are headed. But there's so many aspects that you can do there. And and obviously, plastics can be a lot less expensive. So, you know, we can have our sport range of products and we want to we have products that cost ten dollars and products that cost three hundred dollars. And, you know we use them all and the same customer that could be buying a
0: $300 one could be buying a $10 one um there's actually a few uh, uh material related questions so someone's asked do you plan on offering a full leather case without any plastic backing and then someone's asked about any more products that would be made um that you're going to produce that would be made of wood so two material yeah, related uh, questions
1: well so it's funny is, is that our our I think what they're asking about that plastic backing is they're probably referring to our full leather wrap case, which typically, whether Nomad or anyone else, would typically have some sort of backing, typically a plastic backing to, to hold the form. But I think they're referring to the full edge wrap. Our original case that we did build, which I think, believe, was for the 6S and then the 7, was a fully wrapped leather case. So that was the original product that we made. And we are absolutely looking into that as well you know, for to bring to bring something to do again. um, We're really excited about biomaterials. So could we do that with a biodegradable adhesive with a recycled or recyclable plastic? So, so we don't want to just bring that back. Maybe, you know, we could, but we want to do it in a way that fits with our kind
0: of company mission and product vision. Awesome. And, um, and then someone asked about uh, any plans for products made of wood. Right. Uh wood's wood's an incredible
1: material and love love wood. We we made that we we've made a I think our first wood product was actually this really cool power pack that, that may have been our first power pack that had a it's made of walnut and we have uh our base station hub. We don't have anything much wood in the works right now, but I would piggyback off that and parlay it into the fact that wood is obviously a uh kind of a uh can be a sustainable material, you know, assuming that it's it's sustainably grown and harvested. And it's a really amazing material. And there's all sorts of woods and grasses and bamboo fibers and stuff like that. We're so actively looking in all of that. And there's so much cool stuff to do there. And one of the most exciting things in the product world is these new materials. And there's like a materials revolution going on right now with I can imagine the people who first started working with plastics a 100 years ago or so. It was just this really cool chemical thing you know petroleum-based stuff that you could do all these different things with it and we have a modern version of that excitement going on right now in the bio m- biomaterial space whether bioplastics or biofibers or, bio, or bi- bio leather and you know mushroom leathers there's all this cool stuff so a lot of it's not ready just yet so we make prototypes of things that we can't produce at large scale just yet but we know it's coming and we have stuff in the works. so that's there's a lot of excitement, which I would say include wood, but not certainly not 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 limited to wood. And, and there's there's just so much exciting stuff there.
0: How do you decide on a new color for a watch band? Uh, I guess colors in general, colors, an interesting one. Uh, what's your process for that? So, I would say in more recent times, where I would say I've
1: done a really. We've made some badass colors that have gone over extremely well. We've been selling out. We've done some limited edition runs that have just sold out immediately. Um, first of all, everyone has an opinion. Color is, if you want to start an argument in the office, start talking about color or post a color thing in Slack. Um, and so Brian, my co-founder, and Nick are, Nick Walden, are, uh, our creative director, they are kind of the, the color... The color Oracle signer offers, and we all have opinions. I I have strong opinions, and uh it's you know it's a process. And, and opinions need to be. We need to you know a lot of time when you're choosing something, you're looking at. There's so many different things like trends. What do you think? What are you seeing out there? Again, it's a bit of that vibe check, gut check. It's not totally obvious that that fog I was talking about. And then you also have to again get get drunk on the idea and believe in it. So you need to you know we can't you we can't be second guessing but they've done a really good job and color is so funny it sounds so simple but it's definitely one of the more challenging things and i'm so stoked and you often it takes some time till after we've launched everything to really appreciate it and it's like i saw a girl in yoga the other day wearing um one of our sage slim sport bands and it looked really good and i asked her about it after yoga i was fearful that it may have been a copycat there's these copycats these days and she mentioned that it's nomad one and i asked that she loved it and i asked her if she wanted any other color what would that color be and she's like actually this is my favorite color i love this one so i'm always trying to do my own little touch of market research here and there and um just one of the little factors that you factor in. but yeah it's it's tricky and you got to sign off on it and uh i got it yeah shout out in danny as well senior content uh nomad she has a lot of strong good thoughts and ways in there so it's a team process and uh brian nick and danny they kind of they get to make the tough decisions and it's a it's a tough one
0: (laughs) yeah i'd say color preferences and you hear people with different opinions makes you realize how different people are uh some of the requests we get are crazy i'm like what you want it in that color makes no sense um i'm conscious of time so i just want to try and get through a few more if we can um so absolutely people uh, there's a lot of questions around what's coming up product wise anything exciting coming up i know obviously you don't want to like ruin surprises but are there any hints or anything you could get people excited about like is there anything that's on the horizon
1: yeah so i dropped a few little tidbits here and there throughout the discussion we have uh you know chitu is coming out um so that's a lot of opportunity to develop stuff there and we have uh, a c coming out with iphone portable power something that's near and dear to me that you know kind of was the the first thing that we ventured into and as we ventured into so many other product categories it's like we got all these different plates spinning and that first plate sort of slowed down a little bit so we need to get some more energy there just yesterday i was looking at some some of the latest stuff we've got going on with and uh, product team and, and portable power. And I think it's the perfect time for a little bit of a renaissance there. We, uh, we're having this like company renaissance. It's 11 years. We just had three years of COVID. It's like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's get back out there and, and, and uh, and, and all this stuff. And it's, and it's really reinvigorating. So in the product space, I think portable power is definitely, definitely on the docket. And, we used to do a lot of cool, interesting, kind of quirkier stuff. This is uh, our Nomad wallet. It's a charging wallet. So you can see you plug in, that's micro USB there. um, It has lightning that comes out here. So uh, you can plug that into your phone and charge. Um, Back when iPhone batteries were smaller, this could actually give you quite a bit of a charge. And this is this beautiful Horween leather that we use. And it's really nice wallet, actually. It's really beautiful i still carry some of our old products around so when i look at some of the stuff that we did early on i just think like this is we did a lot of this really cool quirky interesting stuff and we have a lot of this dna in us we've expanded our scope a lot and i think that there could be this era of these cool interesting things that we've done while refining uh you know our core offering as well and integrating it into this wonderful new era. And that's why I'm just so excited about, about what's ahead. So I can't, I can't like fully unveil our product roadmap. And frankly, it's not fully even finalized, but we've got some really good stuff in the works and I'm, it's, it's what, uh, it's what we do. It's what, it's, it's what inspires
0: us. And we mentioned it earlier about collaborations. Someone's asked, uh, how are collaborations to work with? I assume like Yeah. What are the good points and bad points about collaborations? And someone's asked, do they ever go bad and you don't release them? Maybe you don't, maybe without naming names, if that has happened, but has that ever happened?
1: Got it. That's such a good question. We probably, I mean, that's totally right. They don't always go well. Um, We, uh, you know, the one for Bevel, they actually ended up kind of selling and sort of having a whole bunch of financial troubles and stopped developing pebble and we had we actually ended up giving our little things away because they were kind of going under going out or switching up we were like we launched the portable cable for it you know what we're giving away to the community to the crowdfunding community we went on reddit and they had some code and it was this whole fun thing we figured let's just connect with the community i'll know this we were such big pebble fans and um so we tried to turn that into a positive um i'm sure there's something that we've done that hasn't gone well totally um i can't even remember because you know you kind of don't get focused you sort of forget about those bad experiences um we've got a really exciting one in the works right now with peak design um and uh we're we're uh we're working on a a cool we on a cool case with them so if anyone's listening this bar into the podcast there's a little sneak peek that i don't know if we've a sneak peek on the peak i don't know if we've mentioned anywhere yet but that's been a really incredible process for us they're a great company so it's cool for our team to get to work with them and, and what we learned there.
0: Awesome. Um, what What's the design thought process philosophy? philosophy? Uh, the products have always been very polished and have thoughtful design, which is obviously a very nice thing to hear. Uh, but what, what is the process? Because you mentioned earlier, it's probably refined since the beginning days when it was just the two of you sitting there and kind of like, yeah, speaking to the factory, like how has that evolved and what does it look like today? yeah
1: so uh it's definitely evolved if you look at our early products you'll see like a a lack of industrial design strong on concept but lacking in design and you slowly see i'll I'll never forget our first product we didn't even texture the mold because that was going to delay it additionally and we were like what Oh, we can't delay for texturing and now it's like let me see that texture book let me look through that again and choosing all these different little details and stuff and um So our, you know, design is such an interesting word because there's so many, there's so much to unpack there. There's, there's the product design, there's the materials, there's the user experience. What is the concept? What are you, what are you doing here? What's the fundamental thing? So it's, there's a holistic process in all those things. And we absolutely, especially in more recent years have grown to become more refined, which is, is really important if. You're going to be carrying these things with you every single day. And there's a lot of competition out there. And, and there's some just such subtle little features that, that you might have, even, even like the lip on the phone dropping a little bit at the, at the lower edge of it. So your finger can thumb up in a more effortless way. A lot of the design that happens, you might not even fully consciously be aware of it as a consumer because it's kind of like baked into the process. But we're constantly thinking about all aspects materials all the little details were driven driven by this and the the materials that we use you know for for using a certain plastic we're doing that deliberately for those product qualities and so there's just and there's we're a design and product company so you know that that is what how we got started and that that's our dna so that is that is huge to what we do but what's cool though is that the product team connects with customer support. We get feedback from customers and they identify issues. And we, and there's a circular whole cycle going on, a virtuous cycle, as as they say. And so anyone on the team at Nomad finance, believe it or not, um, has ideated on ideas from the very concept of them and brought those into production. And, uh, and we have really incredible, great, talented people on our finance team. And, you know, we all have a role to do, to, to get Nomad healthy and strong and good and build it forward and you know we need to divide and conquer sometimes by all means we can lend a hand and come together and it's one of the fun things almost everyone who's ever worked at the company in any department from shipping to uh to departmental director and anything in between almost everyone has left their touch on one of the products or one of the aspects or one of, one of the items, and that's that's a really cool thing because as much as yeah we have the product team and um you know Brian's done an incredible job on the you know as the product kind of co-founder guy and we've built up some incredible talent I- internally and of course a lot emanates out of the product team and that that is the hub of that but but you one of the best ways to be a good product designer is is to be a good listener and a good watcher, and a good observer, because so much stuff comes from the people who are using things, and that's really powerful for us.
0: Awesome. I've got one last question for you. I've got loads of questions that I haven't asked, and I apologize to everyone who has got questions, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, I haven't been great at getting through them. But what would be, and this is something I'm interested in, actually, because we have a lot of this, what's the one product that you... Have maybe always wanted to do, but just haven't been able to do for a number of different reasons. Is there a product that's kind of just been sitting there on the list for for a while, or even an area that you would like to go into that you just haven't been able to yet, but you you kind of you, you need to scratch that itch at some point?
1: That's that's such a good question, and I can already see different people from the No Ad team answering it. Um, I know that yeah, there's Nick, Nick has some desktop items that he wants to do. And, uh, for me personally, um, I guess I can answer this from a, from a personal level. Uh, you know, portable, staying strong and relevant and portable power has always been important, to me. but I guess that's not a fair answer because we have stuff, stuff in the works there. I wanted to say something to do with electric vehicles. There's a transition to electric vehicles happening. And, but then I think like we did, it. we did, a, a we, we did the first charger, uh, phone charger, wireless for the Tesla Model 3, and it was an incredibly successful product. It was totally awesome. We did that because we believed in it, and it did really well. Um, So I guess I'm going to have to give the sort of cop-out answer, but it is back to what I was saying earlier about materials. There's some of the sustainable materials that we want to use just aren't ready yet, and it's like, oh, that's such a cool mushroom leather, or bio, you know, biodegradable plastic. And it's all really cool when you see the samples and it's like, we're just not there yet. So I'm really excited. And I mean, we've got to make sure these things last. One of the key things about sustainability is durability. And we want to make sure that our products can be affordable so people can afford to buy them. And it is not some like crazy expensive material to get our hands on. But I've in the coming years, we're going to have more stuff. And I hope that we can kind of be at the, the front you know, up there in the front of the pack, there to the extent we can, because that's a really exciting area. Okay, I thought I thought I thought of my own personal <laughs> one. Solar. I've always wanted to do something solar. Wanted a solar charger. You know, many, many, many years ago, when I was in college, I was in uh, Africa for two months in Western Kenya, and we had this little product called Solios, this portable charger thing you could plug into, and we'd have it out there all day and charge up from it back with the little Sony Ericsson and um you didn't need much power back then and phones would last for like a week and now we just use so much power in our phones and as much as solar's evolving it's still it's just it's it's not there yet so uh solar it's so fitting nomad solar charge on the go but you know like every year i bring it up and brian's like i know but no it's just the technology's not there and and he's right so that's that's my genuine answer there
0: No, no, no. Both great answers. I I totally agree with the material side of things. It's, um, it's something we would love to do a better job of. And we have gone down sampling processes in various different materials, but yeah, the actual practicality of it, uh, coupled with the cost that we would have to pass on, um, just isn't, yeah, it doesn't work quite yet. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I, I could The first part of the interview, I could just do that all day. And the second part, you know, we have so many questions. So maybe one day we'll have to do a, a follow-up interview. And such a good sport for doing the video as well. Uh, I really appreciate that. You, you know, your background looks great. You look great. So, yeah, uh, don't worry about it. All right. uh, thanks, Phil. Really appreciate it. Great to connect with you. And i uh, looking forward to catching up again. Be well. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Really means the world to us. And if you would like to show us any extra support so we can keep this podcast going, please follow, subscribe. And if you have any extra time, leave us a review. It really would mean the world to us. Thank you so much.